Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hello, everybody, and welcome to a totally normal edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Today is Monday, February 10th, and I'm not mad. Not mad. I'm not mad at all. It's funny. Why would... Why would we be mad? I think it's funny. I think it's, it's hysterical. Funny, sports, as always, it's a great decision to be a sports fan, especially on days and weeks and months and really years like this this year, month, day, week. It's it's a really it's a it's a damning and sobering experience to remember that a thing you have no control over can actually hurt you. Yeah, and it can really ruin long stretches of time and just full days like right off the bat just right off the bat um early i'm i'm a little disappointed that my morning like this didn't happen at 4 p.m i didn't i had to deal with it the whole day we all did right i had to go into work and immediately be confronted by a michigan fan who said what happened dude and i said this is not the time there's a time for this and it's there's a time for this but it's not right now so but yeah but but you know what the time is right now? The time is, I don't know, a little bit after this one. If you'd like to skip over the next part, there are timestamps on this here uh, podcast. First and foremost, we are going to start by, you know, just kind of, as we always do, stating the obvious. Uh, last Tuesday, the day before National Signing Day, Mark D'Antonio, the winningest head coach in, co- in uh, program history, uh, retired as Michigan State's head coach. It was strange timing, certainly right off the bat, but I would say not a in a vacuum a surprising thing that happened. And potentially not strange if there if. was a contingency plan. But as we mentioned, if you want to jump ahead on the timestamp, to get our, the reaction and next steps, please feel free to do so right yeah. now. We're going to take some time to quickly reflect on the chapter that was Mark D'Antonio. Yes, the Mark D'Antonio chapter, which is, I suppose, not officially closed, but pretty darn close. The the Yeah, it's, it's pretty much done. It's done. Um, he is no longer the head coach of Michigan State, apparently going to stay on as some type of senior advisory role. Um on the whole, I mean, easily the most successful stretch of football in Michigan State program history. Mm-hmm. Um, ga- the, the way that I have been choosing to look at it, honestly, until today, was I wasn't going to let the way that it ended 
affect what I thought and in the like the the experiences that I was able to have during its time. I mean, Mark D'Antonio legitimately, as pathetic as this might sound, made a dream of mine, a lifelong dream of mine come true in going to the Rose Bowl. I got to go, I got to be there. I literally I wept like a child and walking I'm, into there. And unlike Wisconsin, we won. won. We won. In in a thrilling game like he created beating Ohio State. I mean, I guess that's kind of what we want to do here. Like, what what were your two or three best? And there are so many. That's the crazy part is over in this you know nearly decade and a half of Mark D'Antonio being the head coach. There have been so many amazing memories that were made. I do think before we dive into the, the whatever's left of the program, you know, what were some of your? Do you have a top two or three? Because everyone I think has their favorite. Yeah, I mean, mine is, I think, is similar to many, is Jeremy Langford breaking through the secondary to beat Ohio State. In a game that Michigan State had jumped out of the gate and had, like, controlled, and then all was lost in a predictably cr- crushing faction yep. based on what we know as Michigan State fans, only to will it back into existence I can never and to go to the Rose Bowl right. which was the goal in 2006 when he took the job yep and he stated it we were putting roses on their cleats right like and then fast forward and like talk was not cheap it actually happened right and they had been on that stage and lost before so they, it just it yeah. meant it meant everything and I, I was lucky enough to be at that game too. And I'll never forget. Like you, you know, you have those mental images where you're like, "Oh my God, I this saw is, that. This was the angle. Yeah. This is the feeling. This is the sound. The 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 feel of the moment." And like that was as high a high as you'll ever experience. And I agree. That's that's right up there. I think another. I mean, there's so many, but uh, Little Giants. Mm-hmm. You know, that's as good an ending to a football game as you could ever write home about. Like that that that's that's what you dream of, right? Like that that's an all time classic. And then he didn't draw this play up, but Trouble with Snap is forever going to be my favorite for football me, play. For me, I mean that was just hysterical. <laughs> um not my favorite. Mine is gonna be I think that Michigan State Wisconsin uh, rocket game is one of the best football games I've ever that seen. Was unbelievable. In my life. You know, the Wisconsin actually the Wisconsin Big Ten Championship was also one of the best football games that, I've ever seen. That I think life. was the best game I've ever watched beginning to end. I mean, that was as that Michigan State's been involved in. Like, that was unreal. Do, do you remember? So let's I, do, it hurt so bad. So All my do, friends went out to the bar and I stayed at home. So let's let's do the, the rocket first quickly, why that was so great. If you remember, Monty Ball and Russell Wilson, they walked down, they were up 14 0. Yeah. It, and it was like, you know what, this is another one of those scenarios where it was like the Capital One game against Alabama. It was like, oh, we're not there yet. Oh, that's right. We're not there yet. <laughs> right. Or, you know, maybe sometime, but it's not now. And then one of the most, I don't, still, this is the one thing that ever made me believe in momentum was the 17 straight points or whatever it was. Yes. Going into halftime, like a blocked punt. Yep. They missed a field. That's right. Like yeah. a blocked field goal. Literally everything that could go wrong, and if it was in a movie script, you would have said, like, this is a little this too on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they came back, and then obviously Kirk Cousins, all-time great, finishing that game out with a Hail Mary. 
to Keith Nickel, the guy he beat out. It's like right. again too stupid to be written. And um, and then like you said, the the Big Ten championship game. Still the only. So that game was probably the t- hardest game for a lot of people to swallow. Yeah. In a long, long time. That, that was supposed to be it. That was it, right? Which we can look back on and kind of smile on knowing that there was better things to come. Mm-hmm. But that game, that was that was the hardest loss I think MSU fans could have fathomed since the Brady Quinn yeah. rain game. And when you compare, it's funny, because you're absolutely right, but when you compare the stakes there's of the two close, games, it's not even. But that's, there's Mark D'Antonio. Right, that's, that's exactly the right. the difference he brought to the table was 4-0, uh, preseason hype Michigan State right. to brought him to the right down to the finish line yep. against a NFL MVP quarterback and you know like it was just and like a good Wisconsin defense like a very good Wisconsin team the best you had it I mean it was that was but it's I mean it's almost funny like you look at the trajectory of his time at Michigan State and honestly until the playoff season, like it's, you can't write a better script. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went from plucky underdog, just getting after his rival, to oh they're actually good, to oh they won the Big Ten, to ah, I didn't quite make it. Rose Bowl, take a slight step back in the Cotton Bowl, all the way to the the L.J. Scott driving us Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. I mean, like that moment is un unreal. Like that that entire season was crazy. It was like every break that could have gone their way did. They made it. And, Still one of very few and, programs to make and, the college football playoff. But 2015, what a perfect encapsulation of Mark D'Antonio bringing Michigan State up on the descent. Small mm-hmm. step backwards every once in a while. The Nebraska yeah. long oh. game. A small step backward. Only to get it all back. So Michigan State climbing up that mountain didn't happen in a a one year ascent. No, I mean really the first it was, it was ten. It was earned. It was the first ten that first nine. I think it was the ninth season that they reached the college football playoff, and then the last four years. I mean, listen, I I don't think that. Personally, I still, no matter how this wraps up, as ugly as it is, and we'll get into it, obviously, but I'm still not going to ever, like, even though we just talked, we just talked through that, and I already feel slightly better. Because those are memories that we, as Michigan State fans, get to have forever. Like, those are the highs that you can't take for granted, because there are so few. I would argue, like... To have all of those moments, we just ripped off like eight games that are games that most people that follow Big Ten football would remember. Well, and, and moments that are that are iconic. Well, and take it back a step. The number of games we just ripped off; those were also games that mattered. Exactly. Okay, so they weren't just amazing, you know, game, ends to games that people still talk right. about. They had stakes, um, and you know. Obviously, I'm biased, but I have a hard time really thinking off the top of my head a lot of programs that got all the way to the top of the mountain in the hardest way and had so many photographs to look back on. Yeah, I I mean, it's you're not like an Oklahoma that just runs away with the conference, it seems like, every year. Bama, you know, they have their moments. The only one I might say is like Auburn. Yeah. Because Auburn had the kick six. They had Cam Newton. Okay, so... But there's so few. That's the point. Like, what a... 
Michigan's the slow ascent to the top of the mountain was half of the joy. Oh yeah, one hundred. Everyone felt invested and earned, even yeah. though we didn't put in the blood, sweat, or tears. But like it was a collective slow. It was a journey. Effort. Truly, you watched it develop Bro. and you felt it. Like, and it's it's just crazy too to look back and be like, where did this? Sitting here today, when we look at the project, like, where did this all go wrong? And it's very obvious. Go back to the, and it, it, it will be infamous forever now, mm-hmm. that 2016 class, which it's still crazy because that class still, despite everything that happened, produced like several very good players that played at Michigan State for no doubt. their whole career. No, yeah, and that's a little unfair to them because there it were is. some solid contributors. Joe Bocci was in exactly. that class. Kenny. Kenny Wilkes. Like, so, these are all time Michigan State players. So, you know, the thing that's kind of the catch-22 about that class is if Michigan State doesn't take that leap in recruiting mm-hmm. and gets those guys, everyone's going to have a new set of what-ifs. Oh, yeah. Everyone will have always said, what if Michigan State took the leap right. and went and got guys? Yeah, it's 100%. I mean, the, it was the natural evolution, though. I mean, Michigan State was – think about where they were when they got that class. They were the big boys on the block. They were coming off a college football playoff. They were appearance. They were next. They could confidently stand next to Ohio State. One hundred percent. They were the only program in the Big Ten, aside from maybe Wisconsin, that could really legitimately say that at that time. Well, and then there was the misstep. Wisconsin mm-hmm. s- stayed in the way they do things. Okay. So they also stayed in the in the West. Well, to be fair, yes. But I'm saying is there was where two programs went in two different directions, yep. and it's not faulting Michigan State. It's just that's what happened. Yeah, I think they got out over their skis a little bit, and you kind of lost that mentality that always made you. Well, you lost great. the chip. Exactly, you lost the chip, which is what. And it's it's so disappointing because you would have thought that that room was strong enough to overcome some of those personalities. Because it's hard. You yeah, but if I and I understand that, like that's why great coaches are so rare because mm-hmm. there's not that many that can control. That group, and I think when you lost those seniors in Cook and Calhoun and some of these Lawrence Thomas and some of those guys, these young dudes didn't really have. If you remember that year, they went three and nine. They had very few uh, upperclassmen on that defense, especially on that defensive line. They lost a ton of talent, and that was the identity of the team. You lost a lot of leadership there. Yeah. You know, the you know a, a lot of really great players, and it's wild to look back now and think about you know. Just the, the sheer – because if that talent works out, that it's a core it's a is junior and seniors this past year. Yep. And it is a – I mean, if you just look at the defensive line alone, like – and this is not involving the character of these people. This is strictly on talent. It's a very important caveat. I mean, you start with Malik McDowell, mm-hmm. Montez Sweat, mm-hmm. a dude who's a first-round NFL pick. Malik McDowell is a second-round NFL pick. You talk about Craig Evans – I mean, well, and then couple them with Raekwon, Naquan. Raekwon, Naquan, the both of the Panashooks. You're talking Kenny, Kenny Willickis, and then Austin Robertson, who listen, a terrible, terrible human being. Don't get me wrong; he's made some huge mistakes in his life, but was a was a big time recruit that a lot of programs offered. That doesn't excuse anything he did, but I'm just saying, surely, if you look at that talent, that's like 12 guys well, on the defensive line. Well, and that is when which changes the entire tenor. Of a program and a defense. Well, what you just described is a defensive line talent caliber of 
Georgia Clemson Alabama which which we've seen those programs it starts in the trenches yeah and then you grow around it with the talent follows when they it, it's the identity of your defense and when your defense is the identity of your program it 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 flows into everything that you are and to have the impact of losing all those players not oh Josh King another one uh who is supposed to be a star obviously not a good individual um but just to not only lose a bunch of players which you know people lose transfers all the time but to lose them like the best players and to lose them all at one position absolutely decimated Michigan State and honestly they were lucky to even find guys like Kenny Willekes and the Raekwons and the you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. and make these guys good Mm -hmm. so it and that all kind of just crept into moving forward you lost Harlan Barnett who I know we'll touch on in a minute but it all just kind of fell apart and then you could tell towards the end D'Antonio I think we look back now we all should and, and we talked about it should have seen the writing on the wall coming into this season. This season. Like, the fact that he took the gamble he did and brought back all of his coordinators, in my opinion, I I can't believe we didn't talk about it. And it wasn't a national story. And he wasn't asked about it more than he was, you which know, was almost none. But you know what it was? And you know why we didn't talk about it, even though we had even reason to believe. It's because we were – it was like, it was like um, treason to the king. Yeah. To even yeah. consider right. such a thing, to even hint that this might be something that he might be doing, right? And shame on all of us, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it is so hard to orchestrate a clean break and a clean transfer of power within any company, sport, whatever it is. Sure. But this one, especially when you're dealing with an all-time. I mean, how often do you go from all-time head coach to the next guy is just an automatic success? It doesn't happen all that it's often. Hard. It's hard. But, and now we're getting into the negative stuff. Well, what it leads into is, you know, we talked about the 2016 class, Curtis Blackwell, which is a role, is a thing that we don't have to say is a reason or a part of it, but the timing of it certainly doesn't help optics. Right, and I think optics are are a key word because for better or worse, whether it's true or not, which all reports have said it is not, the Larry Nassar scandal plays into this. The Larry mm-hmm. Nassar scandal ultimately is, in my opinion, not directly, but very close to directly, well, the reason for all of this. Well, and we know that now as it relates to the comfortability of one Luke Fickle's yep interest what, in the, right. in, when he said openly or his family openly said campus culture campus culture is a major reason they said no yeah and and, and I'll tell you what it wasn't he was going to get double the salary he was going to get any resource he wanted yep. thrown at him he was going to be able to take as many assistants he wants he had full autonomy yep that's how bad they, he and others felt the campus culture. Yeah, and MSU threw the kitchen sink at him. So now let's talk about the end here. <clears throat> we sit here today. You're probably listening to this. It's at least Tuesday. And what's happened today is that Luke Fickle, who I think everybody – and they, honestly, John and I waited to record today because we thought we'd be celebrating the signing of a head coach. And we didn't want to get into the muddy waters of – sources and all of this stuff when we were just kind of goofing around on Twitter instead. So 
you know, we're, we're sitting here today. There is no current Michigan State head coach. They were first, it was Pat Narduzzi taking his name out of the running, then Mel Tucker. Uh, Georgia's former defensive coordinator, Colorado's current head coach, taking his name out of the running. What that felt like at the time was Luke Fickle is the man for this job. These guys know they're not going to get it. Take your name out of the running. Save some face Save right face. before NSD. Of course. Understandable. Smart. But now to turn around and for Michigan State to put all their eggs in that basket and then come up short. Yeah. And what's even more damning is they threw everything at this guy. Everything, all the things you just listed, and we're sitting here today. And he turned Michigan State down to play to stay at Cincinnati, a non-power five school. Now, a place where he can win 10, 11 games every year. Admittedly, well, he's just waiting for his next better break. But the fact that Michigan State is clearly no longer viewed as the better break from Cincinnati, but we know why. We do know why, but but it's just so staggering to sit here today and think Mark D'Antonio was here for 13 years. We accomplished all this stuff, and still we sit here today, and Cincinnati's head coach, Colorado's head coach, Pitt's head coach, all said no. Because it's not a football thing, and that's really It's not, and that's the problem. And that's the problem. But that was part of the problem when Mark D'Antonio got hired. Right, and so this is going to be a controversial thing to say, but... You put Luke Fickle into this situation, Michigan State as a program, as a university, keeps just keeps driving blind, pretending it's all okay. Yep. Nobody, like, everyone remain caught. We're just going to keep pretending it's all fine, and we're going to... Hope it, hope it figures itself hope out. Hope it all just course corrects. It, and obviously we wanted Luke Fickle not for that reason, but now... The university has an opportunity to look itself in the mirror, and by the university, we mean the people who truly run the the, the university, the president, the new president, by the way, um, to look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, I understand why, post-mortem, understand why this guy didn't come. Well, sounds like we're not going to get anyone nearly as qualified as this guy as long as this problem is in place. Mm-hmm. We should be able to deduce that. What do we need to do to fix it? Because now we, now, well, it's too bad it came to this point. But now you have no choice but to fix it. Yeah. Because no one, will, no one wants the job. Right. You have a, you have a program that went, that won three Big Ten championships in the past decade, and no one wants the job. You got to look yourself in the mirror and clean. And, and I, I hate to say it, but you got to start over. I don't think there's any other option. And I think it, it at least, I, I mean, there is, we're talking like the, the slimmest of silver linings here, but Dr. Samuel Stanley, the new president of the university, chose to keep Bill Beekman around as some, you know, uh, in the wake of the Larry Nassar scandal and all that stuff as a measure of continuity, which is, which, you know, you can't really fault him for that in a, in a vacuum. You know, this, or the, the, you know, the university is in, a complete state of disarray. Mm-hmm. To keep one measure of continuity around is is not the worst thing. Now we got to look at it and think, okay, this guy was it's able, a job performance now. now. Now it's legitimately job performance. You mm-hmm. were not able to secure what should have been the most securable asset. Now, essentially, it means he didn't do a good enough sales job because all of these issues with the university still exist, no question. But your guy 
couldn't pitch a vision where this doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And that to where, me... Where it's taken care of. Right. Where exactly. every, or what's the plan? Yeah, like here's he, he how we're going to... He couldn't pitch a vision. And, may, and if he did, it wasn't good enough. Yeah, and that's not acceptable. I mean, that's not acceptable. And we've talked about a little bit about Beekman in the past and how... You know, I don't really blame him for not making Michigan State basketball and football his first priority. The guy had a lot of other things to take care of. Yes, no question. I of agree course. with that. And it does seem like from what I can tell on the outside, you know, not being in the room or whatever, that he's doing a good job of that. The university is working towards healing and doing the right things. But when it boils down to this, this is a major, major decision. And if you are incapable of this, that at a Power 5 university – is unacceptable. Fair or unfair, but the fact of the matter is an athletic director is ultimately judged on one to two hires that they could possibly make in their tenure. Yep. The football and the basketball coach. Men's 100%. basketball. Is it fair or unfair? That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, you you need to succeed at a lot of other things. 100%. But those are the things that are the most important to the athletic department because they fund the athletic department. Exactly. It's a revenue thing now. Like you are legitimately looking and saying you, by not getting Luke Fickle, just probably cost Michigan State millions of dollars. So here, and here's athletic director 101 speak. This guy, if there was any type of miscommunication between he, the board, or the president on the plan of action, the amount of money he was going to be able to offer, the timetable to do such is a complete and utter breakdown because nobody, it's not as if, it's not like D'Antonio died. (laughs) Truthfully, this is not a shock. As his boss, you need to have known what was happening next. And by the way, even if D'Antonio were to have won the national championship this last year, Bill Beekman still needs to have three contingent plans ready to go. And when I say contingent plans, I mean he has already not just talked to somebody's agent, but hashed it out. Mm-hmm. Hashed it out in the sense of how much would this person need and how much for him to come here tomorrow. And I'll tell you what, Alabama's AD and Clemson's AD and LSU's AD, they all have those plans ready to go. Bill Beekman had potentially one plan, the Luke Fickle plan, which fell apart. Because he was unable to understand what Luke Fickle cared about the most. He didn't know. And if he did know, he didn't do a good enough job selling like we talked about. Right. It's a handful. I mean, the the list goes on and on. And and really, even... And I understand we talked about it's like heresy to the king type of thing. You're the athletic director. You are his boss. Ask these questions in November. Go to Mark D'Antonio between the bowl game and the end of the season. Is Mark, you know, what are you thinking? What do you think you want to do? Mm-hmm. And then if he's, if you can read a room and talk to a guy who admitted going into a high school seemed like a big task for him and his exit presser, like you, you can't read that like maybe this guy doesn't have it all left, and that you could have been like, you know what, Mark, we know you got a big bonus coming up. It's December. How about to make this as smooth as possible? We'll let you coach the bowl game. We'll give you this bonus. You'll ride off into the sunset. Instead, you got caught with your pants down. Mm-hmm. It's, Im- it's an embarrassment 
It is an embarrassment what Bill Beekman just allowed to happen. And again, I do blame Mark D'Antonio. Definitely deserves a lot of blame for the timing of this whole thing because he could have just as easily thought these things on his own and not had this revelation the day before National Signing Day. But, but ultimately, it's not. But his it's not. It's not his fault. Problem. Frankly. It is. Okay, you're absolutely right about that. But does that now? And this is where. This is where people who are saying he's, his legacy is tarnished, mm-hmm. I think it's a little reactionary personally, yep, but this is where they have, a, they have a really good point. You don't think that it's a bit of an F you to pull the move that he just pulled, wait to cash that check and then bail on the day before National Sign Day? Whether he meant to do it or not, you don't think, like, come on, yeah. to, to pretend like he doesn't have the self-awareness to know the gravity of the moment and what he just did. Okay, then who do... Who do I blame again? His boss for not understanding or having a relationship. I agree with that. Because then you. But you can't write him a blank check. You can't be like, no, yeah, you can just give a middle finger to the university no, and bail on my, this day. Like, my point is, I'm a, as somebody's boss, it should never, ever, ever be a shock to you when someone walks in and says, you know what? I'm, I'm out. Gonna, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. If you are shocked by that, you are a bad manager. I agree. Because you didn't understand that person's personal and career goals. It should never be a shock. It sounds like it was either a shock or the contingency plan wasn't thought through. Yeah, it, <laughs> it does all trail. I mean, it all roads lead back to Bill Beekman. There's no question. I mean, I completely and totally agree with that. But there is something to be said for the fact that it was still a deliberate decision on Mark D'Antonio's part that was either not communicated to the rest of the athletic mm-hmm. department clearly or that he sprung out of nowhere. Or, listen, it's fair. I don't want to sit here and speculate what's going on in a court, but there is a lawsuit going on. Mm-hmm. And Curtis Blackwell levied some somewhat sizable charges against Mark D'Antonio in court, mm-hmm. under oath, if I understand correctly, uh, like the day before he decided to retire. Well, so, that's the optics we're talking about. Right. It, it looks, and sitting here today, it's funny, I was talking to somebody at work, and they said, one of their friends said, this is the worst job opening, the least attractive job opening in America right now. And sitting here in a vacuum today, I think Luke Fickle doing what he did proves that he, today, that might not be incorrect. Now, that can change. Mm-hmm. But sitting here on after National Signing Day, with a mediocre recruiting class, clearly a athletic department that has no direction, no direction, no leadership, and, and, and a university that his reputation has been dragged through the mud the last two years off the field or the court. Like, I kind of get it. As much as I want to be a homer and say this university is amazing, as Mark D'Antonio said, people will crawl here. It's just not true. It's not to say, and again, it's not to say that you can't course correct and that Michigan State can't get back to and you know the pinnacle that they were at and do that same journey, and we can't all get back to loving Michigan State the way we always have. But sitting here today, it is bad. Like, we should not sugarcoat this. This is as bad as it has ever been. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It sucks. It's a very tough situation and like we were talking about climbing that mountain it takes a long time to climb a mountain it takes very little time to fall down it i think we've seen that come to life yes so (laughs) you know it's kind of a okay where do you go from here and the candidate list remaining is uninspiring 
to say the least. You have, I'm going to say some names. I want to hear your reaction to <laughs> Okay. Chris Creighton, Eastern Michigan's head coach. The first two words sound like a name. The second part is just sad that we have to include him. Now, say one nice thing. He has made, he got Eastern Michigan to a bowl game. You want to talk? That's so, not that's not so, nothing. So listen to this. So now now, what you've done? If Chris Creighton is a is a true candidate, if he is for real, we the university has accepted that. <laughs> Like you just said, it is one of the worst jobs yeah. available. Now, someone like that went to someone with a worse job at that time and made something work. He went to the worst, worst program you can go to mm-hmm. and now, made him took him a bowl game. That now, again, it's he's clearly recruited the state of Michigan. It's not nothing. So there's, that. but it's also we'll just leave that not like a jump from Eastern Michigan to Michigan State despite the state of the program, is would still be a big jump. Consider this about Chris Creighton. He's a guy that could become a lifer. The next that name, is definitely true. The next name. And he also has a bunch of green and white in his wardrobe. <laughs> sure. The next name, Jim McElwain. Not a lifer. Not, not a lifer. at all. Absolutely So you not need to know what you're buying when, when you buy that. It's a different person. Can we say, for comedic effect, I'm pro Jim McElwain. Shirt if I get to walk into, I'll buy a shirt. Somebody want to make a shirt with Jim McElwain having sex with a shark and some type of Michigan State reference? I'm in. Done. I'll buy 10. Yeah, that's a good Christmas present. I'm in. Christmas. Every holiday. Every- Just Wednesday. <laughs> All right. Um, but no, that's a, that would be a horrible hire. It's just not smart. It's, it, that well, is he won't a, stay. That's he a would band-aid. never stay. Yeah, and you, you know what you get out of that? Seven or eight wins on his best year, and then he's gone. Well, and then you get his name in the circles the minute he has a good season. Yep. And you get no consistency throughout your program. So that, no, completely out. I don't know how this name came up. Mark Stoops. Yeah. What? Like, I mean. What's I, his incentive? Now, can I say this? I would be very excited to hire Mark Stoops. Yeah. I think it'd be a phenomenal hire. That's not the question. That's the dream. Honestly, you could make a very real case that that's a better hire than Fickle. He has made Kentucky a consistent bowl team. <laughs> well, And had multiple first-round picks, if I remember correctly, recently. It, it is true. What's hard, to, what's hard to wrap your head around is why someone would leave the SEC East. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know when how When you're he's, building yeah. something, and it's not like Michigan State could pay him more you know yeah. more like a substantial amount more where you would be like yeah i don't really know what like where's now it, there's two different answers like one would i love to see him be the head coach hell yeah yeah absolutely two is it realistic because is it realistic and what is his incentive i don't think so because i can't answer the second part mm-hmm. okay. so yeah would i love to have him absolutely is his name just thrown in there for no real reason kind absolutely. of um, here's a funny name, Jim Caldwell. <laughs> I just wanted to get your reaction on that. <laughs> I mean, he's giving you consistency. We baby. do love we do love stoicism on the sideline, so I suppose that would be good. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Tony Dungy, 
Let me tell you. A Michigan native. Tony D- the, Tony Dungy is in the Herm Edwards category of... Nuclear option. Let's do it. Nuclear like, option. Why not? Just shoot me into the sun. Like, who cares? <laughs> let's let's just, like, break the top off the vodka bottle. Let's do this, do this thing. The problem is, is I don't trust Bill Beekman. If, if I were to provide that idea, I would be like, Tony Dungy, you know, NFL experience. You got to consider it. And he would only hear the end of it and be like NFL experience so Hugh Jackson got it yeah. I'm on it Hugh perfect the other thing is he would just ask for Tony Dungy's autograph and leave he wouldn't even interview him have forgotten what to do yeah okay. honestly though quickly before we get to the next one hire Herm Edwards <laughs> undefeated at Spartan Stadium time out what's Herm's incentive it's nice in Arizona I mean it's, it's I'm, a not, good scene. I'm not it's a good scene <sighs> it's a good scene cold winters or warm winters. He looked good in green and white with the Jets. I'm just I, what I'm pointing out is he's in a good climate. Listen, Herm, the fact that we're just uh, both openly agreeing Herm Edwards wouldn't be interested in the job is making this so much more depressing. So now let's talk about what's really going to happen in our opinions. Saban. Ideally, him or Dabo. Yes. In that order. In that <laughs> pref- preferably. <laughs> Make Not say, to be picky. Make him say no. Make him say, I'm sure the call was placed. <laughs> make him say no. Oh, God. Yeah, they forwarded it, forward that call right through. Yeah, the, that just went to spam. Oh, no, bonds, Bill. Dabo just farted into the phone and hung up. <laughs> Beekman's like, he was a nice guy. <laughs> so here's what we think is really going to happen. Take this for what it's worth. There's What we should preface is there, if there is any positivity on Twitter today in regards to the MSU coaching situation, any positive words whatsoever, we saw them in the form of former players gaining momentum around one uh, Harlan Barnett. Yes, you may recall him as the former, honestly, the reason why we got our co-host moniker, mm-hmm. former co-defensive coordinator, uh, Two years ago, left to go to Florida State. Great pick. Great which job. was, everyone was like, oh, man. Good job. Losing him, great job, great hire, well, all this like, stuff. Got to go. Yeah, you have to. You we have get. to. And uh, he was uh, canned, as they say, this offseason, along with um, Willie Taggart. Didn't go well. Didn't go awesome. So here's how. Here's why. He, the, they're, they're, the name is valid, and I think that... There is something to be said for bringing somebody back that kind of gets what made Michigan State great. There is, mm-hmm. I think there that that might be the most valuable thing that they could do right now. Yeah. But this man is not a Power Five head coach. And yeah, here's why: he and uh, Mr. Tressel, after they broke up, after he parted ways after their 2017 season. Um, Harlan went to Florida State, where his S&P plus defensive ranking was 37th to Michigan State's second. Now, I will grant him this. New system. Yeah. Hard to do. We know that. That's my caveat. Next season, 2019, this past season, a season in which people were dogging Michigan State's defense. Yeah. Finished S&P plus defense ranked 13th. 13th in the nation, Michigan State's did. To Florida State's 61st. Yeah. And I want to remind everyone, in case anyone wants to think about recruiting classes, I'll give you one guess to which which program had four straight top 10 recruiting classes to work with. Yep. 
Okay, so I think we just laid out why Harlan cannot be a head coach, if be, if only because being fired as a defensive coordinator somewhere kind of immediately cuts you off from being a head coach consideration anywhere, yep. much less a Power 5 program. Right. His next logical step, if things went well at Florida State, is to be a group of five head coach, not be fired <laughs> in a bad conference, by the right, way. Right, in the ACC. In a bad conference where there is only one team. Mich- our Michigan State beat an ACC team this year. A good one, they claimed. <laughs> Something to think about. A good one, they claimed. Think about Harlan Barnett. He just, it, it unfortunately just seems like it can't be an option. Yeah. If it, only because he has, doesn't have their credentials. Now there is, however, mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about, there is a way for him to come back to Michigan State that I think actually makes a lot of sense. Do um, it. And that is for him to come back as a defensive coordinator mm-hmm. with Mike Tressel as the head coach. To me, sitting here today, now I think as we've seen uh, logic and what we think will happen matters not does not matter at all but as we sit here today and look at who should be the head coach we just listed off a bunch of alleged options um none of which are overly attractive and none of which honestly aside chris creighton aside really have much of a reason to come to michigan state correct um so either you go with chris creighton or the much more reasonable and at, at this point i think extremely likely well we'll see what we see what that got us but um the extremely likely way to go is just to promote Trestle. Mm-hmm. Um, there's conspiracy theories out there that suggest Antonio timed it that way to make this happen. Well, it was his guy. It was his guy. It's, I'm not. I, yeah, take, but, take I out mean, conspiracy theory. It's Antonio's guy. It's, yeah, that's a fact. And, yeah, but and we know how loyal he is to his. Well, guys. Of course. So, well, yeah, but I. That is true, and there is something to be said again for some level of consistency, especially when a program is down as bad as this one. Um, if you bring back HB, and I, I mean, first of all, he was very successful at Michigan State. Um, obviously got hired by a great program in Florida State for a reason. And uh, had a lot of, put a lot of guys, a lot of guys into the pros at Michigan State. Um, if you bring him back, you're doing so to be as much of a leader of men as you are to be a defensive coordinator. And quite honestly, sitting here today, this program needs... I don't even know. Like, you either need a brand-new fresh start, which you're simply just not going to get. Like, you're, it's just not going to happen at this point in time. Or you need some measure of, I don't know, bring bringing back, like, home cooking, I guess. Like, bringing back what once was. So here's what he offers that Trestle, Harlan Barnett offers that Trestle doesn't. So Trestle brings in continuity through since 2007. Yeah, I believe he's been there the whole... HB was there that start that year too. But I'm saying Trestle's been there all the way through. Right. H- HB is clearly, and if you just go on Twitter, you will see the reason players are saying he's the guy is because he is the player's coach. Right. He was the recruiter. He's the guy that got right. the guys with the chips on their shoulders. He's the guy that also fired him up. And he was the players' coach. It would seem to believe that Trestle may have been more of the scheme, mm-hmm. or at least the lead on that. Yeah. And the reason they were co is because they did co- two completely different things. It's hard to be a co anything when you're on top of each other trying to do the same stuff. Right. It makes a little more sense that 
one was in charge of a certain set of responsibilities, the other one was not. So bear with me in that trestle being elevated um, seemingly is the best, fastest option to go with, bringing in HB underneath him. And then you go find offense. You go find an offensive coordinator. They're not going to do that. Well, I'm telling you that if the if Mike, if Trestle wants to earn back the hearts of yeah. anyone involved or interested, the first thing he has to do is go find. But offensive that's coordinator. the question you have to ask, though. It's like if you're realistic. It's much easier to find an assistant at this point in time than it is to find a head coach. But you're still sitting here in February, like most of these guys have made their move already. I'm telling you. Unless you want to pay. I'm telling you, you Trestle has the opportunity to do something that the King couldn't do before, which was part ways with loyal but bad uh, servants. I, I don't disagree that that would be an immediate PR win. Like, no question. I would personally be shocked if he got rid of Brad Salem. Like, i just shocked. I'd be happy. But I'd be shocked because I don't think there's anybody like because it just goes against what you're trying to do with Barnett. Here's what they do have, though. If Trestle gets promoted and they bring in HB, who doesn't have a job, by the way, not a ton of leverage. Right. <laughs> Very true. Trestle gets promoted. They take the interim label off. He ain't getting five mil a year. No. He's going to get bare bones money, yep. which is what he should be happy with. To yeah, get... I mean, because he wasn't going to go get a power five head coaching job anyway. Correct. So you do have money. There's money to go get an offensive corner. Then you got to go get him. I mean, you that, like if that if, if that's your but okay, this boils down again. Do you really think the athletic department is in a position where they're going to make that decision? The decision I think that they can and are capable of making, despite not having a ton of faith in them at all, is just to promote Trestle and be done with it. Yeah, that's what should happen. I don't really understand how the decision aside from that would be made unless you're convinced that chris creighton is the guy sure which is like you know what whatever then in either situation this should be done by the end of the week it'd be it'd be an absolute mockery if it's not done by the end of the week or you can stand there with your dick in your hand right for the next being told no by everyone and be making it worse and worse yeah you have to what do they say never make a one day story a two day story yeah end it be done with it Say Trestles, we you know what we're going to give him a shot, and then the president needs to step in. And I know this guy; he doesn't come from a uh, athletic background, meaning a school right. that with that makes a ton of money off and revenue off of that. He came from Stony Brook, right? Okay, well, however they do things over at Stony Brook, it's a little different here. He needs to become much more involved and. Whether he likes to or not, understand yeah. the gravity well, of what's here, happening. Here's the thing: I don't. I think he put sports when he took over. This is a university in in, crisis, in crisis. Of course. And, well, this is part of the crisis. Well, though. but now, but here's the thing: he he did not want to nor anticipate to have to deal with this specific incident quite yet. Quite yet. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty obvious that maybe he even got caught flat-footed, mm-hmm. or maybe decided to put his trust into a guy and here's the other part he probably doesn't care like in all honesty and and this is kind of what we've hit on before like athletics I think everybody probably took for granted the consistency that Izzo and D'Antonio brought to the table Mm -hmm. and just said you know fuck the results We're, we're sticking with these two guys no matter what and 
he had to take care of a lot of other of these campus issues that we literally just lost the best possible head coach because of this stuff. He's clearly in the process of fixing it, Mm -hmm. but it's time now. I think the issue has been pressed. You do not have, and we talked about this already, you do not have an AD that can do the job. It's pretty obvious. You need to, after he takes care of this little trestle thing, hopefully, the, the ideal is promote trestle. If he can show that there are tangible steps forward being made, he's willing to do things that maybe his predecessor was not and make this program his own, then maybe he's maybe he's just your guy. Either way, you have to find a new AD and let that new AD decide. Because if Trestle is just meh next year, Beekman's not going to fire him. It's pretty obvious that he's not going to do anything. When like you that. say let the AD decide, you mean let the, a new AD come in and reassess the exactly. entire situation. Exactly. Top Correct. to bottom. I agree. And where where I just want to you know tack on is while he the president may not have um, thought he had to deal with this quite yet because he's dealing with a lot of other campus-wide issues that are very important that I want him to address. Right. Fortunately, unfortunately for him, the football team is part of that yes, it disarray. Is. And not and not even from a we're not winning enough games. I mean from a cultural standpoint, the football team with Curtis Blackwell, it's a 2016 class, we already touched on it. That's part of the problem. He, This is part of the cleanup. Whether right. he wasn't ready to get to it or not, it's still part of the cleanup. It's not even about revenue wins, losses. It's about if you came in to change a campus culture, yeah. this is part of that. 100%. It's a culture. And honestly, that, that part of that to me is why they he might be compelled to get rid of Trestle and go a different route to Maybe. start fresh. Well, and, and honestly, in a vacuum, I'm very okay with that happening. But this is not a vacuum. This is February 10th. 2020, and we are sitting here without a head coach. It is a nightmare scenario. He he doesn't have, well, I hear that and like that. He doesn't have the luxury of time. And that would be like telling, if if you were to task me with going and hiring um, the best software engineer, Mm -hmm. I don't know where to start. Right. I'd have a pretty good idea, but you can't, it's almost like too hard to ask the president to go, I'll do it. Right. I'll find the best football. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah. It's a little over his head, over his skis there. Yeah, which is why he needs an AD to do it. Exactly, which is why the simplest solution we already laid out is promote, take the inter- interim tag off, give them all the resources that they need to run a clean program. And and you know what the the biggest shame of this all is, and it's it, it's good, and again it's bad, but you can find that silver lining that I'll explain. So the good part of this is that we know this isn't the guy. Mm-hmm. We know now moving forward, this is not the man for the job. Because if you look at this situation and say, what if they had just decided, we're not going externally. Mm-hmm. Mark D'Antonio is gonna retire and we are going to immediately promote Mike Tressel. Would people have been a little upset because Luke Fickle probably deserved a look? Yeah, but would you not have felt less insulted like not insulted just like my uh, michigan state's ego just got so dragged through the mud like they made this situation so much worse than it needed to be from a pr perspective which is why it's back to on beekman's hands because it is it's it's one entirely need to know anyone that you're considering for the most important hire that you can make right 
You need to know every pain point of theirs and be ready to fix it, or at least have a plan to fix it. And clearly, he didn't know about this, right. which is why they went down that route, he, mm-hmm. because he didn't know about it. Right. And if he did, like you said, and he could have been able to be like, guys, I've already gone down that route. I've talked to the family in advance before while D'Antonio was here. Right. I talked to his agent. I know what they need. We don't have the culture for it. I know everyone's that's really hard for everyone to hear. He's not coming. Right. No matter how much money, unless we gave him stupid money that we it would be irresponsible of us to give. Yep. And and this is where and listen, the guy I'm about to say screwed up bad. Like the repercussions of what he allowed to happen while he was athletic director are inexcusable. But at his best and in certain moments, like the leadership that Mark Hollis brought to this school, I think is something that is probably overlooked. And I don't think people realize the impact that hit him leaving, which, which again, this dude, it, t- everything that happened to Mark Hollis deserved to happen. The man deserved to be let go. He let absolute atrocities take place on the campus when he was there. But we talk about what he meant before that as like a leader and somebody who could assess a situation and, and deal with it from a coaching perspective. Like he had a vision. He had a vision. Yeah. He had a vision and his eyes were off the wrong balls. Yes. And- exactly. But you need somebody that is going to be that leader and that voice and embody your university. And like that is just not Bill Beekman. And uh, until like the, the, the good news to me, I suppose, is that it, 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 I, I don't think it can get worse than it is sitting here today. Like I, I really, honest to God, like with everything that's happened in the last three years, like I, like that has just been digging the hole deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And now I truly think from like a PR standpoint, all of that stuff has really come to roost and it is out, it, everything's back up on the surface. And this is, I mean, it's not, I don't think as bad as obviously the Nasser scandal was something that's unprecedented and, and is, you can't even compare something to it. But sitting here today from a strictly football program standpoint, just football, strictly football, this is as bad as it's ever going to get. Like, how could it be? This is this is John L. This is Bobby Williams. I mean, this is that's why I think it's so insane. And we'll finally move on. But this is why it's so insane that. Like if you, I would never have believed you if you would have told me that Mark D'Antonio was going to leave the program in, to me, inarguably worse shape than he found it. It's really sad and just kind of insane to be sitting here today saying these things. Yeah, I mean, if you want a prediction on what's going to transpire, I think it's how we laid out. It's promote from within. They get a shot that you have to fire Beekman. A new AD search takes time and they find someone who fits in that person. And then the president, um, Samuel Stanley, can say... um, Here we go. Well, you can say, blood's on your hands if you don't like this. These coaches, do whatever you need to do. If you, In fact, if you need to get rid of everyone in the athletic department, and I mean everyone... Training staff training staff, strength and conditioning, 
up and down the line, did it, hey, it's, your, it's yours. Yep. And you will own that. And you will own the, the consequences right wrong with that. And then Michigan State, and maybe Trestle and Barnett and Co. and whomever else, they, they turn in good papers and they get a vote of confidence to continue to be the coaches there. Maybe. But nothing will truly be able to be evaluated until there's a new athletic director. It's true. I think that's the that's the bottom line in in all of this. And I guess to wrap it up, whatever happens, you know, the journey is starting over. And I guess when we get to that season, we can be. We're back at the bottom of the. We're back at the bottom. Started from the bottom. Now we're back. It's just crazy to me. Uh, Despite everything that's happened, it is still just wild. So let's move on. Well, first of all, time for a commercial. So you guys get to unwind with a nice stress-free commercial. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Uh, here we go. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> we don't endorse what you just listened yeah, to. Whatever Maybe. you whatever you heard, we don't like it. And unless we do. Yep. But if it that's up to you to decide. No, well, it's not. It's up to us, really. Yeah, wait. Well, we don't know what it was, and if it was political, we don't want any part of it. I'm out. Yeah. Um so let's talk about the fun stuff. Oh wait. The hockey team? Oh, just. The hockey team split up this weekend. Yeah, that's cool. They play Michigan um, at home on Friday, and then on Monday? No, they play. I don't know. I'm so sad. Okay, well, Austin can't even deal with a good hockey team, but they are doing well, everybody. They're second in the Big Ten, and they deserve. They deserve. If anyone deserves an attaboy, it's them. Yeah. Wait, Tom Anastos coached the football team. Do Anastos is O twenty twenty? Could Anastos make it worse? Is that what you want? No, I don't think it could no. I mean he could he could make the football team worse. Yes. Why don't yeah. Danton Cole is our, is the guy Oh jeez, yeah. To lead us Guys, through. That's just it. It's it's not a good time right now inside my brain. Um so the basketball team, here's what we're not gonna do. Not gonna go through the last week, because that just seems bad. Yeah, I think maybe we can just sum it up and say that this team. Uh, here's here's what I'll say. Mm. The team's bad. It they're bad. It's a bad team Fraud. sitting here today. Frauds, extreme frauds. The most fraudulent of the teams in the Big Ten. Right, pains you, me. You don't start number one in the season and then be unranked the second week of February without being a fraud. This is the most fraudulent Michigan State team since they started number two. There it is. And ended. And they made the tournament. That's okay, cool. Um, it's. I think the thing that's really making this hard for me is that, like, you count on – honestly, you count on one thing at Michigan State. <laughs> and it is one or two players figuring it out. Somebody figures it out. Figure what, it out. What it is – Who's to say? Could be shooting. Could be defense. Look at last year's team. Matt McQuaid figured it out. 
Kenny Goins figured it out. Everybody found roles mm -hmm. and executed on those roles. This year, mm -hmm. this team is good at nothing. Can I? Uh, they are good at one thing. Yes, they are. They're good at a couple things. No, but... they're good at one thing. Okay. They're good at one thing. I will, I will debunk, or I'll make this argument. Three-point defense does not matter. Okay. There's nothing you can do about it. Either you're playing against a team that can shoot or you're playing against a team that can't shoot. Hmm. And guess what? Just like we saw last Sunday, sometimes you play a team that can't shoot, mm -hmm. that shoots well. There's nothing Michigan State did or did not do. They left bad shooters open. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. They're not good at anything. They, they do two things well. And that is they when they get out and run, mm -hmm. they're really good at that. Mm -hmm. And when Cassius Winston has the ball, he can sometimes create magic. Nobody else can shoot. Nobody else can create. They're not a good defensive team. The guy who was supposed to be their third star is Aaron Henry, who looks completely lost the majority of the time. <laughs> Xavier Tillman is 6'8", and he's your big man. Your other big is Marcus Bingham, who weighs less than I do, and is 6'11", and can't box anybody out, and can't shoot. So I will... I'm just saying, like, there's, there's really so little reason to be optimistic, aside from the old trope of Michigan State teams figure it out. Okay. I might sit here, run, roll this back, hopefully in a couple months, and be like, wow, what an idiot. <laughs> so I, I, will, I will say this. All the names you mentioned about people that figured it out, every year it seeming, seems to be their seniors, right? Cassius Winston, I would argue, has figured it out. In fact, might be the only person that has consistently contributed. Yeah, to this but team. he's not the one you needed to figure. Cassius no, Winston no. was never the guy you needed to figure I'm it out. I'm saying so. There's one, right? He figured it out. Okay, stay with me. I believe... In limited time, we've seen Kyle Arns figure it out. But he's limited. He's a senior, and he's limited because of his injuries, right? Yeah. So you can see the difference in the senior leadership is Josh Langford out. Kyle Arns can't play. Cassius Winston doing everything on his own. So the Matt McQuaid, Kenny Goins come up that everyone's waiting for, it's not going to that comes from a senior, that comes from a four-year player. There's, it doesn't exist. Kyle Arns, I, I will give him this, in that Michigan game, he got he was the one that got the 50-50 balls. He was the one that was back-tapping. He was the one that hit sh a few shots. Like, it, he was the only bright spot. But me. here's the thing. Like, it's so your guys that have figured it out are your – First team All American point guard. Mm -hmm. When you talk about margin for improvement, there was almost none for right. him. So that's nothing. Correct. The other guy you mentioned plays less than ten minutes a game and is liable to blow out any one of his joints below his waist at any given time. You needed somebody else to figure. And and here's like I get what you're saying with the seniors and the juniors because it can be juniors too. I mean we've seen Brandon Dawson do it as a sophomore. You saw Adrian Payne do it as a junior. It's have Gary Harris. I mean, it's having to play, guys. Cassius is a sophomore. Like, this happens. And the other part of that, it's college basketball. Freshmen come in and dominate all the time. I'm not. This isn't football. Mm -hmm. I, like, I'm. I'm. I get your point, and that has been what's happened at Michigan State. But just because you're at Michigan State doesn't mean you can't do. You can't pop when you're younger. Like, uh, so I get it. But the fact, like, it's it's just I don't. What are your guys that are – Gabe Brown's supposed to be your good shooter. I think he's shooting under 30%. Aaron Henry is supposed to be your other ball handler, semi-creator, something, and defensive stopper. He's still a good defensive mm -hmm. player. 
but he, I think I have better handles than Aaron Henry. It's tough. Your four spot, we're sitting here in February. We're 26, 24 games into the season, mm-hmm. and we still don't have a four? Mm-hmm. Look, I know Joey Hauser was, Hauser was supposed to play. Mm-hmm. Malik Hall has openly regressed since Seton Hall. Okay, well, that was like well, an anomaly okay, game. Okay, fine, but he hasn't he hasn't progressed at all, at all, at all, really. Julius Marble is taking pull up long twos now. Thomas Kithier is he's ill, so it doesn't count last week. But like right. he's clearly not the same player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I Foster is probably the only guy. Him and Rocket are the only two that I can look at and say you are better than you started this year. One of those is a 5'10 point guard who can play, sorry guys, 10 minutes on a good night. The other one is a streaky at best shooter who loves to dribble the ball into the floor and kind of get to the rack and get blocked a lot. So the point is what we thought we would see in this team, which was a defensively a versatile, able to switch anything, lock up the seams type of defense, uh, has not come to fruition. And then offensively, you were hoping to have, we knew it wouldn't be a great shooting team, but you were hoping to have a decent shooter in Henry, a slightly plus shooter in um, Brown, and then a 35% shooting from three Tillman. None of those guys are even close to those numbers. Mm-hmm. It, it, you don't rebound well. You don't really do, this team has no identity. Like even last year, you at least got out and ran. That's mm-hmm. the only thing they do well this year, and they just don't really do it. Uh, it that's where I struggle, is unless this team takes a major, it, it has to be a major turn, I just can't imagine them doing any type of real damage in March. So all valid points. Well, well took, well taken over here. There are 11 guys that play when healthy on this team. It's a lot. It's too many. 11, right? Three are upperclassmen. Okay. It's a young team. So, and now, I totally hear the point on freshmen and sophomores come in and dominate. Well, they're time. also they're also not freshmen and sophomores anymore. Okay, my point is, my point though about freshmen and sophomores being able to come in and dominate, not one of these kids that are freshmen or sophomores were that guy. Rocket Watts is probably was the yeah, highest rated guy. Hear me out. I hear you. He, he's the highest rated guy, and he's he's not he's not an NBA guy. The guys that come in as freshman and sophomores and take over play in the NBA. I know. None of these kids are that. But you don't have to be that. No, I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just pointing out that eight of the eleven haven't grown up. Maybe they should have. Who does that fall on? No, no. I'm saying, and maybe they should have. I, my point is, Cassius is playing fine. In my opinion, I can be argued on this one. Kyle is fine. He is what I expect. And Xavier right. Tillman has left some things to be desired. But I, all in all, I think is fine. Because he's playing now over 36 minutes a night because no one else has stepped up. It's an indictment of the rest of the team that he's playing that much. But but that's just it. Like, well, here the, the, My only counter would be that yeah, none of them are, you know, you, of course. You're not yeah. talking about like Cassius Stanley. You're not talking about like right. these tremendous freshmen. Of course not. But it's not like anybody was being asked to be that. Mm-hmm. You were being mm-hmm. asked to be. Aaron Henry was asked 
Aaron Henry started 30 games for a Final Four team last year. To expect a slight jump up from him is not outrageous. It's not. Now, I think what we're seeing is, I mean, you're seeing multiple things. First, a team that even way more than last year really misses Josh Lankford. Really misses Josh Lankford. Does not have a secondary. He wasn't even a great creator, but just like a guy who was a weapon with the ball in his hands, who could shoot plus from three, who could kind of check. Let's like, put it this way. I was a lot more confident in his long twos than Rocket Watson. I totally <laughs> agree with that. Totally agree with that. So you're missing that role guy, and no one has stepped up and been that. And then you're also looking at a team that has been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Cash's brother, obviously, massive circumstance to deal with. And then also Xavier Tillman's about to have his second kid. Like, these are understandably large things taking away from you. And I think maybe we we are now at the point where we have to genuinely reassess what is the possibility for this team. Is there still a chance that they fig- they just flip some switch, figure it out, and you know, tear off a bunch of wins or maybe get into the tournament, keep stumbling, get in as a six or a seven and make noise. Of course that's a possibility. Because, but Because the tournament's the biggest crapshoot. <laughs> right, because it's just a total who, who knows. Like the fact that last year's team was a Final Four team is still crazy. So I, am I just saying it doesn't matter, whatever? No, but it is... Until proven otherwise, like until you see this team develop some type of identity, and it's getting late, fellas. It's getting late. Mm-hmm. It's the middle of February. It's a little late to be, oh, shit, we really got to figure this out. Like, that's a that's a problem. And I think a lot of, to be honest with you, a lot of this goes back on the coaches. Can I, can I make my gripe with Absolutely, the Absolutely, yeah. The one you've been waiting to make since, since Saturday. And I made it a little bit. I had... The, I remember the very first podcast I was on with you. Mm-hmm. You asked me to introduce myself. I did. And I remember I said, um, president of the Fife to Succeed Izzo fan club. Yeah. <laughs> I've never said one negative word about Pfeiffer. Love him. Fife dog. Then I wake up Saturday morning, drinking my coffee, going through the box scores the last night, Twitter open, and... I see a, a name on my feed that I don't normally see. It's one coach, Dane Fife, who's choosing to have a back and forth with a bunch of people, <laughs> not just one, a bunch of people, about playing Ben Carter in the Syracuse game. Defending, <laughs> not to, defending it. Ugh. And look, listen, whatever. Die on your hill wherever you need to die on it. But maybe not the night before playing at your rival when you are spiraling as a team, when the last three away games you've played, you've been jumped out of the gate. And it's hard for me, and we talked about it last podcast, it's hard for me, attitude reflects leadership. If your leadership isn't focused, the players aren't on Twitter. Right. They took themselves out. Is now the time to do that? Do whatever you want with your life. I, I don't. I truly do not care. I love that Coach Tim Miles would tweet during games. I think that's funny when he was at Nebraska and would yeah. tweet at halftime. <laughs> that's awesome. Do whatever you want to do. I have a really hard time with potentially the heir to the program with a team that's lost right now. Right. Dicking around on Twitter the way you and I would on a Friday evening 
about a game that happened two years ago. Yeah, well, it's, it's a, and right. then, wait, I guess what happened Saturday? Before the first TV timeout, down 12-3. Again. I just have a really, of course, they may not be directly related, but it's like, yeah, buddy. It's, it's, it, optics. Yeah, right? just I mean, don't do it. It's horrible. I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, my only pushback was that I thought you were saying he was tweeting that morning. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, to be honest with you, I can't believe he has a Twitter. Why do you have a, like? Why do you have a Twitter? Get a burner, bro. Or dude, or just uh, that doesn't even solve the problem. It's no. If you want to, you make your players all decided to not be on social media on their own. On their own, and you're still on here arguing with plebes about fucking Ben Carter. And Miles Bridges playing time in a game from yeah, two like, years ago? what are you doing? Why are you talking about that? This has no impact on what you're doing right now. And I think it just is all, it's all this this big, like, ball of no one being ready right now. Like, it's just a lack of focus. And, guys, tighten up. Like, we're not even saying national championship or anything like that anymore, which we were at the uh-huh. beginning of the season. Recalibrate. Re- now it's... Hey, let's just not get embarrassed the rest. Let, let's not. How about this? Let's make the tournament. How about this? I know that sounds drastic, but you're sitting here at 16 and 8. If you keep this losing streak going, which, by the way, as I'm sure we'll talk about, you're about to play Illinois and Maryland this week. You Top lost to week. Wisconsin and Michigan and Penn State, and you're not even in the really honestly the hard part of your schedule yet. You haven't even played that part. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting here at 16 and 8. If you lose two more games, you're 16 and 10. You're 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 on the bubble. You are very close to being on the bubble, and that is that is yes, there are outstanding circumstances. Yes, this team is not have the identity as before, but at this point, like tighten up. Like it's it, guys, it, it's past go time. We have to go. We have to win this game. It, these two games this week put the Big Ten title out of the picture. If you don't split at a mm-hmm. bare minimum this week, why should you be in the tournament? Aside from everybody else is bad. The, well, that's our one. There's one There's one cool. thing we can hold on to in life. Everyone else is bad. Which is nice, I suppose. I guess. So let's talk about these games. Let's talk about what happened this week. We'll give you The preview is going to be brief. Yeah, true. But there was some hilarity this week. We won't, this has been a somber podcast. It is. Let's try and get some jokes in. Okay. Okay. Turn it around. Big Ten games of the week. Last week, Maryland went to Rucker. Um, Maryland had a big week overall. They beat Rucker, and then they followed up by winning at Illinois um, by nine. We kind of—I I think it's too early to say like attaboy ourselves. Like Illinois is going to fade, <laughs> but yeah. Maryland is the clear. And my, we we call, we said we thought Maryland was the clear contender. Illinois might have been the pretender. Yeah, Illinois had every reason. It's a home game on a Friday night. Right. You blew. Yeah, I mean, I think well, I mean, to they're, win- about, they're about to play another massive, massive game coming up here just in a day. No, I mean, I, yeah, you had the chance to assert yourselves as the big dog. Yeah, you take a commanding right. In my opinion, now you're walking into this game. Not needing to win, yeah, to 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 win the Big Ten championship, the, your opportunities only come. So, there are only so many. Yeah, so that was that was a big week for Maryland. So they are the true winners. Saturday, I don't know if you saw, 
Purdue went to Indiana. Did you see what happened that game, though? <laughs> Bob Knight came back and lost. Bob Knight. Hate to see it. I a gentleman see. like Bob Knight. Did you see, though, what, what Harms said after the game? No. Great, great slight to Bob Knight. More or less said, don't know anything about that guy. Gene Cady was behind our bench, though. And, that's, and I was oh. like, let's go. Yeah. I'm here, I am all for pettiness. We're team petty. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm, I couldn't be more on team petty. And, I, and as much as I don't like Matt Harms, that's that's well, We a don't good care line. for Purdue or Indiana, but I will. I root for the team that can be the pettiest. Yeah, I would agree. So that's fair. That's the only real winner. And then Purdue was. Yeah. And they won. And I do, I do find some joy in Bob Knight coming home after 20 years and losing to their, to their rival. rival. Yeah, I do love <laughs> it's that. It's beautiful. Yeah, there's oh, something poetic about that. It is that. pretty nice. Uh, Saturday, huge game week at Slate of Hoops took yes, place. Yes, we talked about that. Auburn, good. Officially. Beat LSU 91-90. We took the meeting. We listen. We liked the pitch. Listen, it came down. It was a close decision, but we, we took the pitch and we liked it. We're going to give them some project work out the you gate. You start freelancing. We're, we're they're, not, they're currently freelancing. They're not quite good. They're freelancing. Right. They're not on retainer. But we're we are going to keep them on. We've got some jobs. We have some projects that are high priority, and Auburn's gonna gonna get a couple of those. Seton Hall traveled to Villanova, won seventy to sixty four. Seton Hall, good. Seton Hall, really the big uh, black mark on their resume right now. Losing at home to an unranked Michigan State. Frauds. Frauds. People are asking, are <laughs> they for real? Hard to take them seriously. Hard to. Really is. Um, a loss like that. <laughs> Louisville uh, hosted. Virginia and won 80 to 73. I think Louisville might be good. Louisville, again, some freelance work. Mm-hmm. Louisville is getting, we're really splitting it between Auburn and Louisville. I think I might, if I'm banging the table, I'm on the Louisville bandwagon. Okay. Well, between think, the two. Sure. If we had to pick, but I think we they, don't. We it's don't, a big project. We, and we don't have to pick, and that's what's important. Um, Gonzaga at St. Mary's. Um, Gonzaga. Gonzaga is objectively good. We hired Gonzaga. They, they won by 30 at St. Mary's. They won 90 to 60 in probably their most difficult game remaining this season. They're hired. I'm in. Yeah, I've, I've chosen their resume. They I, stood out. I already have their, their desk set up. Right, yeah. I mean, I'm preparing the HR packet to send it's out. All done. Mm-hmm. Taken care of at this point. And then I don't know if you saw on Saturday night Duke play North Carolina. I did. I thought I was watching like the Church League. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was Just the XFL version of, of college world. basketball. It's like, uh, like I remember you used to be able to put jerseys on the mascots in college football <laughs> video game. That's what it looked like to me. Can, can, here's a fun my favorite thing. reference point. Did you? Here's a fun fact before we talk about that game. Did you know that um, North Carolina has a JV basketball team? Excuse me? Yes. Is it in North Carolina State? Nope. It's not even a joke. North Carolina has a junior varsity basketball team. Wow. It's a two-year program that gives non-scholarship students the opportunity to continue their basketball careers at the collegiate level. They wow. play at. They play. They've been playing since. They play at the Dean Dome. They play there. Yeah, man. So the JV was a thing when freshmen couldn't play on the varsity back in the 70s and before. North Carolina just held on to it. It's kept playing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I played at North Carolina. That's something they could actually No, they say. wear jerseys in the whole bit. That like, is sweet. Um, Roy Williams coached the JV team for eight years when he was an assistant for Dean uh, Dean Smith. That is so cool. Just thought you would all find. There also, there is no um, tournament for JV teams. They only play regular season games. 
And for, I don't believe Duke has a JV. Do you think North Carolina's JV guys like go to the student section and yes. wear their jerseys in the student section? Mm, I that, would. Yeah, but I wouldn't want anyone of the same number as someone on the floor. Who cares? I it just care. looks like a personalized jersey. That's true. Yeah, People I, ask you, you're like, yeah, I play. My point of bringing that up was the jerseys we saw looked like the JV team Correct. Jerseys. That was a long way of going. Yeah, on. Trey Jones uh, making a big jumper at the end of regulation. Oh, uh, Doug, Doug Wojcik used to be a, the JV oh. coach at uh, North Carolina. JV. That's fun. Yeah, Michigan State's director of recruiting. Wow. Who couldn't get uh, our boy from Lalu. Remember the kid that, was it Isaiah Stewart was at Lalu? Yes. Yeah. He was there to like literally, his kids were on the team too. Oh yeah, sweet. Another <laughs> awesome memory. So um, glad you're still here. Duke beat North Carolina 98 to 96 yep. in one of the most improbable. Yeah, just some absurd finishes uh, to that game. And that's, that's honestly. In overtime. In overtime. Just a backbreaker for North Carolina. Like North Carolina is not going to make the tournament. No, that, 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 was that, was, that was to get that to 500 it. where they could have started reeling some no, stuff It wasn't off. even – yeah, I mean, like I wouldn't even have put them in the tournament with that win. But, like, that was the Super Bowl. Well, that's the, the old st- Michigan yeah. State against Michigan football. We win. It's a good season type of thing. So it just was a tough, tough scene for them. Upcoming this week, the uh, Big Ten standings are all shaken up. Um if you're listening, it's Tuesday. Penn State at Purdue. Jockeying for position in the middle of the Big Ten. Yeah. Thursday, Iowa at Indiana could be fun. Could be. I mean, Iowa needs to win in order to really stay even within punching distance of the top of the league. Well, right now. They're a game and a half back of Maryland. There are five teams with eight wins and one team with nine. And then Purdue with seven. I mean, everyone's right there, which is interesting. I mean, Michigan at five and seven is in uh, tied for eleventh place, and they are four games back of Maryland. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, I think we kind of saw something like this coming. I think we all expected Michigan State to be on the top and maybe a game or two ahead of everybody else, mm-hmm. but here we are. Um, it's a weird year. So Illinois travels to Rutgers, and what could be a really fun game on Saturday. Um, and a Michigan at Indiana game could be interesting as well. Battle uh, for on 11th Sunday. place. <laughs> Which, is, yeah, maybe not as cool as You know what sucks? Was. Losing to both 11th place teams. Oh, there's that. <laughs> um, national games of the week to keep an eye on. <laughs> West Virginia has the biggest week uh, in the country, playing at, hosting Kansas on Wednesday and traveling to Baylor on Sunday. Yeah, two top, what, five teams right now? Yeah, they were teams. West Virginia was a team we didn't want to play. Yeah. We will see if they are... The team nobody wants to play. Exactly. A um, couple others in, in the Pac-12 I thought everyone should tune into. We haven't given too many of those. Ranked Colorado at Oregon. Ranked Colorado. What a statement. A thing. Chauncey Billups. <laughs> Let's go. Um, and ranked Arizona at maybe should be ranked Stanford. Bear down. I mean, I don't really know what else to say. Nico Mannion's a, a stud. The Arizona is a team that... It just might be one of those years where you keep waiting for them to figure it out, a team that's that talented, and then maybe they just don't. I mean, welcome to Arizona fandom, John. Oh, right. It's this true. is every year for I'm me. sorry you have to deal with that. I am trying to remove myself from Arizona fandom, and so far it's working because no one's good, and I don't really have to pay attention. Wait a second. Speaking of Arizona, 
Why haven't we considered Rich Rodriguez as our head coach at Michigan State? Wow, really good question. Can you imagine? uh, I'd have to Rocky Lombardi playing. I'd have to delete a lot of tweets. I think. No, I think I'd retweet all of my Rich Rodriguez. (laughs) Actually, that's and I stand by all of these. Every time something bad happens, I keep tweeting them back out. Hire Brady Hoke. Who gives a shit? Okay. What if we hire them together, co-head coaches? We didn't dive into that option. A co-head coach, Trestle Barnett. It works for us. For comedic effect. It works for the It's pod. true. It's working right now. We are living proof. Now, we're, I don't know. Would if not suggest following our model with the level of preparation that goes yeah, on for I also podcast. don't know if we're national championship caliber podcast. No, but we're, we're a nice team. You know, <laughs> seven, eight wins a year. Would people take our meeting, though? I think people would take the meeting. <laughs> Are we? Is this just us hoping that people would take the meeting? Would you take our meeting? I think we're frisky. I mm, yeah. You know what? That feels right. <laughs> I think we're at home. That at feels frisky, that right? feels really right. And then as soon as we get, uh, well, we'll never do this. Now, if we ever got a scoop, which would inevitably be wrong, we'd drop into frauds just right away. <laughs> I want to. I want. You so might take the meeting when the scoop is maybe true, and then you're just fraud right off the bat. I want to jump in on. We did have a scoop, and it was not wrong. The scoop was that Fickle was in negotiations to become the head coach. This is true. He that, did have a contract. He just didn't sign it. Negotiations were had. It's true. It just didn't become it. They negotiated. We're Scoop, baby. Scoop it up. Okay, well, we have to scoop up the Michigan State team's poop. Pride. Um, at Illinois, Oof. home versus Maryland, here's what we can do. We could go through these games and what Illinois does well and what Maryland does well. Frankly, um, it, you need to win. <laughs> I mean, this this is the insight people come to this podcast for. You, here's what has to happen, Austin. You got to score more points than the other team. Hey, listen, it's a bold strategy. And if we're doing, I'm willing to entertain the thought, but at this point, I'm not sure. Well, we also have to consider that if we are doing aggregate scoring, if Michigan State loses by 19, we still win. On this year? This year yeah, with yeah. Illinois. I'm down. Whatever we need to tell ourselves. At this point, I'm I'm willing to lie to myself for just like an ounce of fun. I haven't had fun with sports in when? Listen, man, here's a wild take. Because because it can I guess it can get worse. The team can go sixteen and ten. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to live in a world where that could be the case. That's fine. You're, you have that, cho- you have that choice. I've chosen rock bottom. You here <laughs> today is rock. bottom. You have that choice for one more week, mm-hmm. and then the choice may no longer be yours. I'm saying that I am going to will into existence, will into the universe that this team will play to its capability and make Saturday's game wearing throwback 2000 national championship yeah, which throwbacks is incredible. Which. You can't screw that up, guys. You're not allowed to. You can wear dumb neon things all you want. Here's what you can't do. Mess up the Aztecs. Yeah, it's just a fact. And, you know, do we think part of the blame might be on the fact we haven't really worn the scripts this year? It's the reason. Yeah, I'm I'm frustrated. Here's what has to happen. Like we said, clean house in the athletic department. Whoever's (laughs) making the jersey ad changes, you're fired. Who do I yell at? Um, so, I'm just going to go stand in front of the the Michigan State Athletic Department building, wherever that might be. 
Michigan State and just scream. Beat Illinois this year, this year, this season by 20. And they had everyone healthy. Coburn had five points. Desumu had 18. I mean, the recipe's there. It's just whether Michigan State can do anything about Dude, it. Dude, Brad's, it was so bad that both Brad and Tom's kid played. Brad's yeah. has a kid on the team, by the way. Great. I'm proud of him. Tyler. And he, oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a tough facial hair. Tough scene. I would like that to happen again. Yeah, so would I. I personally would be a big fan. Um, listen, Illinois is the the thing with Illinois is they are who they are. Like they're gonna do what they do, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, you get into Maryland, and you know you have that game at home. Aztecs on, make me care. Right. Get let get me excited enough to be let down again. Yeah. Because I, mean, I can't be let down right now. Right. You come out of this week and we're at, officially at the point where I'm not even thinking about the Big Ten Championship. I can't be let down if we don't win tomorrow. I can be I'm, I want to be able to be let down on Saturday. I agree with that. Is that fair? Yeah. Let's tr- let's get to a point where we could be let As down. As Michael Scott would say, I am ready to get hurt again. I want to feel something. Yeah, I need I just need some level of positivity in my sports life. It's really a tough scene right now. It's as bad as <laughs> it's ever been. Like, I painted it out. I painted a picture of it, like, on Twitter, mm-hmm. which has gotten, by the way, I feel so sorry for all 400 of, of you that agreed with me. Like, this is... Saying what the people believe. It's really bad. Like, all the Detroit teams are horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Pistons traded Andre Drummond for a second-round pick in, like, 2023. That's actually true. Uh, got Brandon Knight back, decided you wanted to get him dunked over and dunked through the court again. Um, the Red Wings and Tigers are both respectively in last place by, I think, a, a, com- a combined, like, 1,000 games. The Lions went managed to make the most Lions record of all time and go 3-12 and won for a good measure. Oh, yeah, that was the first game of the season. And they're sure to miss out on a generational defensive end in Chase Young. We've got Michigan State without a, football without a head coach. And now basketball is spiraling in about as bad a fashion as they've spiraled in quite some time. So it's awesome right now inside my brain. You know who you need to join me? Become a Houston Roughnecks fan. I they won't until they play Connor Cook. They, well, I refuse. He, here's the problem, bud. I have morals. If he plays, Standards. you will be let down again. It was fun. Yeah, this was really good. It's therapeutic. I hope everyone learned a few things, namely the JV team at North Carolina. Yeah, that's the best part. Um, So, yeah, guys, hey, just I think the best thing we can say here is, listen, we're all in this together. Uh We're friends. We're going to be friends no matter what, unless you guys turn on me, in which case I'll never forgive you. Yep. So that's kind of my stance. Um, But for real, thanks for sticking with us. We know this podcast is probably not the most fun topic to listen to from time to time, but we love all of you and we appreciate you listening. Uh, And yeah, I think that's it, John. Anything else? Mm, Tell us why we're wrong. Yeah, please. I would love somebody to tell me why I'm wrong. I thrive. It happens often. It's most of the time. Uh, All right, guys. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, For John, this is Austin, and we will... God willing, catch you next week. (laughs) See ya.